Many people have judged that due to the current Trump election weakness, from now until the U.S. election on November 3, Trump is likely to continue to create conflicts between China and the United States to boost his chances in the election, and Sino-U.S. relations have thus entered the most dangerous phase. Another reason why Sino-U.S. relations have entered a dangerous period is that some people in the Trump administration are systematically planning a confrontation with China, hoping to launch a new Cold War in the 21st century for the sake of safeguarding the hegemony of the United States itself and seek the decoupling of China and the United States as far as possible. On the issue of Sino-U.S. relations, China's attitude has always been clear. For China and the United States, cooperation will benefit both and confrontation will hurt both. From trade wars to technology wars, from diplomatic wars to public opinion wars, every war was initiated by the United States, and China has not proactively challenged issues in Sino-U.S. relations. For the clear-headed people in China, if China wants to continue to develop, it still needs to handle relations with the United States carefully. It is not in China's fundamental interest to seek a full confrontation with the United States. Few people suggest that China and the United States should fight a new Cold War, and no one naively thinks that it does not matter if China and the United States are decoupling. The fact is that China has always wanted to ease the tension between China and the United States, return the two sides to the track of negotiations and consultations, and do everything possible to prevent Sino-US relations from getting out of control. But the reality is very cruel. The current deterioration of Sino-US relations is the result of the rational choice of the United States. It is not China, but the United States that plays a leading role in Sino-US relations. What cards the United States who wants to play and which area it wants to provoke are completely out of China's control. Faced with the provocations of the United States, it is impossible for China not to respond, but it cannot respond excessively either, because that will provide American politicians with more ammo, giving them more opportunities to complete public opinion mobilization in the United States and accelerate the launch of a new Cold War against China. Faced with this dilemma, China can only choose to give up illusions, persist in struggle, hold the bottom line, and watch the changes. For the Trump administration, they have already made up their minds on the two issues of new Cold War and decoupling. Their desire to promote the new Cold War and decoupling is not a question of will or determination. The key is a question of ability. It is precisely because China has completely integrated into the international system including the United States in the 42 years of reform and opening up. Sino-U.S. relations are intricate and complicated. The United States wants to promote the new Cold War and decoupling, but it will also definitely hurt the United States, especially the interest of American capitalists who have benefited from Sino-U.S. economic and trade relations since the establishment of diplomatic relations between China and the United States. At the moment, China's strategic goals in Sino-U.S. relations should be very clear, that is, as far as possible not to have a full-scale conflict with the United States and to extend the period of strategic opportunities for China's development as much as possible. With the Trump administration deliberately planning to launch a new Cold War and decoupling, the first thing China must do is hold the bottom line. What is China's bottom line? It is to safeguard China's core interest of sovereignty, security, and development. On these three issues, as long as the United States launches provocations, China will inevitably counterattack, 
even if China itself has to bear a certain price. A clearer bottom line is to resolutely curb the impulse for military adventures of the United States in the East China Sea, Taiwan Strait, and South China Sea. China should continue to improve the level of military modernization, improve the quality of weapons and equipment, and the level of training and combat readiness of officers and soldiers, including greatly enhancing China's nuclear deterrent. Only if you dare to fight can make peace. This is an eternal truth. Today's international relations have not yet entered the era of rule of law. To a large extent, the law of the jungle still plays a decisive role in the relations between countries. In order to contain the possible military adventures that the United States may launch against China, the only thing China has to do is to enhance its military strength and fight resolutely with the United States. In addition to keeping the bottom line, there are two other factors that affect the decision of the U.S. government. One is the money of capitalists and the other is the votes of ordinary people. From the perspective of maintaining the period of strategic opportunities for China's development, China needs to start from these two perspectives, both in a two-pronged approach. Moderate concession to American capitalists, resolutely showing good faith to the American people, and constructing forces from within the United States administration to contain the Trump administration's impulses. China's purpose in doing this is not to show weakness or retreat, but to avoid being dragged into the new Cold War by the Trump administration, or even into a local military conflict by the Trump administration. Its fundamental purpose is still safeguard China's own interest. Appropriate distribution to American capitalists has actually been reflected in the first phase of the Sino-US trade war agreement. China has made a clear commitment to increase the protection of intellectual property rights and no longer force U.S. companies to carry out technology transfer. Fundamentally speaking, these measures are also conducive to China's further deepening of reforms, opening up, and building the mid- and long-term competitiveness of the country's development. They are not just measures to deal with American pressure. So far, the United States has imposed sanctions on many Chinese companies and China has not taken irrational countermeasures against American companies such as Apple, Qualcomm, and Boeing. So far, the only sanction by China is Lockheed Martin because of its involvement in arms sales to Taiwan. It should be said that China is very restrained in countering American companies. The more the United States retreat from the world, the more open China is. The more the United States engage in decoupling, the more China must engage in integration. The more common interests China and the United States have, the more they can achieve the peaceful development of bilateral relations in a mutually beneficial manner. After the trade war, Tesla's gigafactory in Shanghai was built and put into operation at an unprecedented speed. This fully shows that China's reform and opening up will not stop, and the door of China's opening up will only increase. The more the United States hopes that China will be closed and isolated, the more China will open up and the more it must share development opportunities and benefits with the world. It is also very important to show goodwill to the American people. More than three years after Trump took office, he has indeed poisoned the atmosphere of Sino-U.S. non-governmental exchanges to some extent. With repeated provocations by Trump and other politicians and the continued instigation of some right-wing media in the United States, the current domestic public opinion is indeed not friendly enough to China. But what we must be clear is that public opinion is a very fickle thing. 
Great changes can often occur after one or two major events. The Chinese media must treat the Trump administration and the American people differently. After all, Trump's own support rate is only about 40%. China should talk more about the history of friendly exchanges between the people of China and the United States, and revisit the feelings and friendship between people of the two countries. The most important thing is to let the American people see that China and the Chinese people are not what the American politicians say they are, but they are also ordinary people just like them. At any time, when you are facing an ordinary person of flesh and blood, it is difficult for you to hate them with empty political slogans and ideological language. I personally suggest that Chinese diplomats, senior officials, scholars, medical experts, and civil activists actively contribute to the American to sing the main theme of friendship between the Chinese and American people. We want to repeatedly emphasize that the Chinese people are grateful for the American people's historical help and acceptance of China. The Chinese people admire the great achievements the American people have made in the economic, technological, and cultural fields. The Chinese people do not want to confront and conflict with the American people. The core point of view is that rational people in China and the United States should work together to contain their own populism and other extreme ideas, so as to avoid the derailment of Sino-US relations from bringing disasters to the two peoples and the people of the world. In addition to the changes in media, China should directly respond to the most urgent needs of the American people fighting the epidemic. Under the leadership of the Trump administration, the United States is facing a very bad situation in the fight against the epidemic. At present, the epidemic situation in the United States is still continuing. The biggest problem is still insufficient testing capabilities. In many places, it takes three to five days or even more than a week for test results to come out, which is very detrimental to controlling the epidemic. In addition, the United States is also facing very severe challenges in isolating and tracing close contacts. Although there are still sporadic local outbreaks in China, China currently has sufficient medical supplies and equipment, rich experience in response to the epidemic, and smooth progress in vaccine development. Although Sino-US cooperation in the fight against the epidemic is difficult to achieve at a government level, can it pass the non-government level? It can offer kindness from Chinese people to American people and Chinese professionals to American professionals. For Sino-US relations that have been pushed into a free fall state by the Trump administration, something warm is much needed. No matter what American politicians think, China and the United States are the two largest economies in the world are located at the opposite ends of the Pacific Ocean and cannot be moved away. Since they can't move away, they have to think about how to get along after all. Today, even if the United States wants to contain China, it cannot do so. If some people in the United States wants to contain China through military risk, it will be extremely dangerous and ineffective. Today's China is still behind the United States in terms of overall national strength. But China's strength in defending its national sovereignty, security, and development interests is more than sufficient. Whether it is the East China Sea, the Taiwan Strait, and the South China Sea, but if the United States insists on forcing China to act, China has nothing to fear. But if China and the United States move towards irreversible confrontation and conflict, or even war, it will be a disaster for the people of China and the United States and the people of the world. It is hoped that the people of China and the United States can meet each other halfway, contain their own internal populist impulses, and return to rationality. 
as two big countries, China and the United States will definitely have conflicts, but there will also be places where interests merge. The rational approach should be to manage contradictions and conflicts and expand mutually beneficial and win-win cooperation. In the absence of strategic thinking and crisis awareness among American politicians, China might as well do a little bit more. Creating original content is hard work. Your support is what keeps me going. Please like and share this episode. You can also donate to this channel by clicking the link in the description below. Thank you.